Welcome, my friends, to The John Lovell Show. This is a special episode because we've been so backed up by your Q and ambush questions. This is going to be a Q and ambush extravaganza, so you have no idea what you're getting into in this episode, and neither do I. I haven't looked at the questions beforehand. I love The John Lovell Show because unlike YouTube, where it's all uh, basically a category or a topic that we're uh, set into, this is a bit more real and raw and behind the scenes. My dudes in studio, my bros are asking questions that are predictive of all the things that you may be asking. And so it really does represent more of a real natural conversation that you I, you and I can have. And so we're going to get started right now. And uh, here we go. And welcome back. We are jumping in Q and ambush stuff. Heath, are you starting us off? Please say you're leading the question because I think Ben's is going to get weird if he goes right off the rip. I, Ben's are going to get weird no matter when he goes. I know, but I'd yeah. like to not lead with okay. just the weird. You guys, you guys yeah. have given me my opening. The opening I was looking for. John, what do you really think about the new Snow White movie? Cut. Let's start from the top. We'll do that. <laughs> So, Heath, how about you do your Okay, question? I'll do mine. Okay, so we have had, we'll, we'll get back to your questions, Ben. Uh, we have had, like you said, a ton of questions that have yeah. come through, and we've got you know, a bunch of different topics we're going to cover. So, Mario, go ahead and cue us up for Q and Ambush. And here we go right into it. The first question comes from Steven. John, he wants to know, uh, he's heard that we are just nine meals away from anarchy. Right. He wants to know, like he thinks he believes he's a good person, uh, but the question is, how do you know you can keep your morality and keep your family safe when things really turn upside down? Yeah, he, so he's wondering, knowing that we are, in fact, nine meals from anarchy, that means that the average household has about three days' worth of food in their pantry, right? And so if that ran out and the grocery stores were not being replenished because of breakdown of supply chain or who knows what is happening socioeconomically around the country— you can't get food. What wouldn't you do to feed your family? You know, you see your kid, it's like a week and a half in and you're just breadcrumbing it. And anybody thinks of that could never happen to you. Everyone thinks that could never happen to them until it does happen. And we have seen grocery stores over the last uh, decade or so run out of certain pieces of food and then there's rushes on it. And so we've seen some weird precursors. Uh, it could, in fact, happen. Our supply chain is far more delicate than people realize and so there's always a first time. That being said, how do you know that you wouldn't uh, pillage and plunder in able to feed you and yours? I'm like, I don't know. One great way to make sure that you don't even have to work through that morally difficult question is to just go ahead and have storage food on, on tap. Mm -hmm. Have more than three days, and now you don't have to worry about, should I just raid my neighbor's house? Mm -hmm. You know, like, I've got these guns, and they, they're they Democrats. They don't have any guns. Maybe I should just raid there. I'm just kidding. I'm just <laughs> kidding. Everyone's like, oh, he said this. He did it. It's a joke. It's a joke. Calm down. Calm down, everyone. But really, just rob your neighbors. Uh, so, no, <laughs> I can't help John it. just cannot said, help himself. I know. You were going to blame he, Ben he for going looks, off the rails, and you did it. Yeah, yeah, no, John, you're the one that does it. Yep. <laughs> yeah, uh, ultimately... You need to be able to have more than a few days of food on hand. I think that's just part of being a good provider. And therefore, you're not 
uh, immediately thrust into such uncomfortable and difficult questions as that. Be a better provider. And that means don't be wholly dependent on grocery stores or fast food restaurants to be able to feed your family. Some storage food will last like 30 years. And so we got a whole bunch of that stuff of like, I got a couple years before I have to wonder whether I have to go expeditionary looking for that moral question isn't even going to come in. And so for a few hundred bucks, you can go ahead and offset that terrible moral disaster. Uh, but uh, he says, hey, I'm a good person. Well, I don't think anybody's good but Jesus. Uh, and so I don't know. Uh, I, I would like to be able to put that moral question off more by just just get some food, man. Hey, John, when you talk about getting food, where are you going for your long-term uh, storage food um, to help guys like me and others out there uh, get good stuff that will actually last? I'll put a link down below for our storage food uh, things. Okay, next question comes from Micah. Uh, Micah is reading a book that you may have written, John. Did you write a book? Is I did. I wrote a book. You did. Boom. Hey, there it is. Right there on the table. Yeah. And so reviews are in bestseller in like multiple categories. And so I'm humbled. Thanks so much, you guys out there. So many people watching bought it, uh, the hardback, and they're listening to me uh, uh, read to them at night through Audible or whatever you're reading the audiobook. Thank you, guys. I appreciate the support. I think it is a force for good out there. There's a bunch of crap books with a bunch of woke stuff or... or uh, a bro mentality kind of stuff that is a false idol. You shouldn't be going that direction. There is a better way. There's a warrior poet way. So thank you so much for that. Yes. Uh, what was the question? So Micah's question is he's he's made it to a uh, a practicum and it says to do something that scares me. Yeah. And one of the things that you mentioned is starting a business and he feels strongly called towards that. But you know the the fears are coming up. Yeah. And one of the fears is hey I'm in too much debt right now. His mm. question is. Is this just another excuse I'm making, or how do I power through those fears to actually do the things I feel called to do? Uh, no, debt is a really, really big deal uh, because you could have a wonderful idea for a business. You could have great work ethic. Uh, you could have all kinds of skills, but your debt literally drowns the business because you run out of cash. There's actually very profitable enterprises that are doing well and they have huge sales, but they had a cash flow problem. And that meant the cash wasn't available when they needed it and they go, went out of business. And so no streamlining finances and being able to have a, a good cash flow mechanism is really important. It's the lifeblood of the business. You could be profitable and still go under. And so, holy cow, and debt can strangle your business. And so I don't know the degree of debt. If it's a little debt and it's personal debt and you've, you've got that off set and then you have this, uh, I don't know, how good is your idea? How sure are you of the gamble? Of a, it may be prudent to uh, continue to passively build on this business idea, make little steps uh, without burning the ship, so to speak, while you pay down debt and you make a good plan uh, and there's some good uh, finance guys that can really help you with this. So you could get a little consultation as well so that you can be really strategic. So fear can be a, a good cautionary thing. You know, you you're, you're look outside your window and you see a pack of wolves and you're kind of like, I don't want to be afraid. And so you go out to, to pet them and then you die. Uh, that it turned out that that fear was a good thing. <laughs> that fear kept you alive. Bad business that, plan. <laughs> bad business plan. And so fear is not necessarily always a bad thing. It keeps you from making horrible, horrible decisions. But we should look at the fear and recognize, okay, uh, there's a piece of this of like that would steal my soul and keep me from having forward momentum. That's keeping me from investing deeply in relationships because I'm scared of getting hurt. I'm like, well, you, 
you can't grow in deep relationships without risking being hurt. And, and so it's kind of like of like you you board up your heart and so nobody can have access to you so that they can't hurt you. But that box that you put your heart in becomes a coffin and then you die uh, of that as well, of like your, your love and relationships and all the joy and happiness that flows out and all the meaning, uh, none of that gets in either. And so in a fear of being hurt, you end up killing yourself over a long time because you're not risking. And so, no, you got to risk uh, and you can't give in to fear, but you can use fear as a good indice so that we can calculate. Uh, and and the, the goal is not to eliminate all risk. The goal is to eliminate unnecessary risk. And so I don't know where you are on that rubric, uh, but you should make plans, uh, be smart, and be brave. And so I just need more context. I'm flying blind here. Yeah, I got you. Well, now I can only think of someone starting a petting zoo that only has wolves in it. Instead of cute goats and alpacas, it's the wolf petting zoo. That's also a bad business plan. He, it sounds like a terrible business terrible plan, business but it's plan. all I can think about now. Well, but it probably would work. For those weird people out there. You're one of those weird people. But if I had like come to it. 160 pound wolves and they're all just like pacing around looking awful, but like I could go in and pet them and there was like a 98% chance no one would, nothing would bite me and stuff. And I probably dress like a Viking or something. You look I like think, a wolf man already. I, I think I would pay for that. You'd give it a shot. Yeah. I think I'd pay for that action. Yeah, see, okay. see. So it could see? be. Could be. John, he's down. He's down. All right. Customer. Okay. Next question. Uh, so we've got a group of these that are CCW related. So we'll start off with Kevin. Kevin's question is, he lives in California. It's 100 degrees outside. We're sweaty. His gun's in his shorts. It's humid. How often does he need to be cycling through his ammo so that he can count on his gun when he does need to fire? So that kind of heat that would really hurt the the bullets and stuff of like with body heat and that mm -hmm. stuff, that's going to take a really, really long time to break down. The, the way ammo really is breaking down is when it has extreme temperatures. That means you, you left your uh, gun and your ammo in your vehicle and it baked all day. And so where it may be 102 outside, maybe 130 in your vehicle and day after day, yep. it's baking in there. That's going to cause deterioration of the round. What I'm more worried about when it's on your person isn't the heat that's baking it. It's if sweat is actually, you're sweating so profusely that it's getting into that chamber action and it's just sitting on primers and stuff. That, that's kind of like, man, how bad are you sweating that that is actually happening? And now that I say it, it's hard to even imagine. I'm like, I think you're good. Just take your gun out, check it every once in a while, make sure you're good to go. A lot of times you'll have, even on a polymer gun, you'll have iron sights and you can see little spots of rust happening. And yeah. when you start seeing those pieces of rust happen, you can be like, oh, well, maybe every once in a while I shoot my defensive rounds and replace them out, and then you'd be good to go. But uh, I wouldn't really worry too much about that uh, other than just kind of generally what I said. Gotcha. Okay. All right, so before we continue on with the show, it is time for our Shameless Play. Good. Yeah, that was good timing. Yeah. This week we're doing the WPS Molly Double Belt Rig, proudly made here in the USA, designed to be highly functional, load-bearing, utility war belt that can handle all of your gear. John, tell us about the Molly yeah, Belt. Yeah, absolutely. So all this stuff is on our website. Here is the war belt. It comes with this inner liner, so you can have your this as your belt, and then you can really quickly 
attach or detach this outer molly belt and you can hang your gun off there this is our medical kit our ifac so it pulls out using the scissors and then you got your tourniquet this is the best one on the market so check it out this is an earlier prototype and that would scratch off so the actual one that you would get in our store is a uh, laser etched in much better and we got all the pouches all the things that you need and so check it out at our website warriorpostsociety.com and uh yeah you can uh, go ahead and start uh, getting stuff that way you will be ready and you'll have cool man things it'll make your testosterone go up your wife will jump your bones you'll put it on and be like hey honey how do i look and then she just clobbers you she's like what is happening she's like you're such a good protector i just needed you right so now you're, you're trying to sell us a belt that will immediately be taken off yes that's good market. That's exactly what's That's happening. great. That's great. We're going to have to Oh yeah. Let's just put a disclaimer at the bottom that that's not true. But yeah, that no that's great. Could be true. Might be true. Science. Might be true. You got to get the belt and find out. <laughs> or you could just ask your wife how the belt looks, but only be wearing this belt. Only wear this belt. She'll know you're a good fighter and lover. And lover. <laughs> Boy, we're going to sell out soon. We are. <laughs> Ready yep. to defend even in the intimate moments. Dude, we're just going to let John go on this. This this keeps getting worse. <laughs> I, I think it's actually getting Let's better. Get, a, get me out of this shameless plug now. Heath, what do we got now? Yeah. Uh, the next two questions come from Frankie and James, and they kind of play in together. Uh, CCW, sometimes you got to use a public restroom, whether you're in a stall or at the urinal. How do you keep everything from, you know, falling on the ground or people seeing it when you're in there. So if you're hitting up a urinal, you know, I basically grab my belt right here and I lift it up higher and then I can undo fly and do my business. And so the gun is up a little bit higher. No problem. Nobody sees, nobody knows. If you have gone to the bathroom for a bit, a little bit longer of a stay, uh, oftentimes there'll be like a handicap rail and you could take your gun and you can kind of shove it down in there, make sure it doesn't fall or anything like that. Or you can drop your pants, take your gun and put it down inside your pants so nobody can see it to the left or the right. And then you can uh, chill like that. Um, if it has a toilet tank behind it, you can also put it there. Uh, but I would take your, ma- uh, your spare magazine out and have that like in your pants so that you don't forget your gun behind you. Cause when you go to pull up your pants, you're like, Oh, there's my magazine. So do something so you don't forget your gun. Uh, but those are three simple yeah. uh, methods. Right now that there. happened at a church I was working at. We uh, had uh, to find somebody had left their Glock. It was in the ladies room and uh, she had left it, uh, forgot about her gun. And, uh, and it caused a stir in the church because there was a, just a loose gun yeah. around and because um, she had walked out and totally forgot about it. Mm. Yeah. Uh, okay. So the next two questions also on CCW, this comes from Grant and Steven, uh, and it's just along the lines of, Hey, how do I get better at it? You know, I have a job where I'm moving around a lot. Um, Steven actually talks about having a detailing service. Uh, he wants to keep his piece on him. What are just some good tips on how to be better at CCW just in the everyday things we do? Sure. So, uh, how you dress is really important. Uh, I have one of these ratchet belt things right here of like, Ooh, I don't know if you can see it, but right there and the button right there. Uh, I do not consider wearing any other belt except these things that we have on our site. And it's because when I sit down, I can let that belt out. And so I'm fat and happy and very comfortable. And when I want to conceal better, I can just literally push on the belt even without lifting up my shirt. And in just a moment, I'm concealing very well. Uh, When I don't need to conceal well, I I get to really let that out and 
now I'm far more comfortable. So that's really important. Also, the belt is extremely rigid, so it's not flexing and falling and stuff. That right there combined with a really good holster, and if you're wearing it day in and day out and you're not like in a high-risk environment, you can even get a more slimline holster that doesn't have the extra mag caddy. Uh, and so it's just the gun and maybe your 10 or 12 rounds or 15 rounds or whatever you've got in the gun. And you say, oh, well, I'm, I'm trying to do the comfort thing. I'm trying to conceal a little bit better. It's all a give and take game. And if you have such a huge gun with extra mag caddy and stuff like that, and it becomes so uncomfortable that you stop wearing it here and there. Well, that's not the right answer. I would rather you trim down and carry a little bit less than jettison from time to time. I'd like you always armed when you're out in public so that we're all playing zone and making the world a better place. So I think those are some pretty good considerations uh, right there. Uh, also, uh, lose weight. Uh, a lot mm-hmm. of dudes are just, you got too much of a belly and it's making you uncomfortable and it's pushing your gun out so that it's easier to see. And so you're pushing in more and your guts and your gut and like lose some pounds. The misses will love it. Uh, you'll be able to carry more concealed. You'll feel lighter. You'll be more energetic. Uh, there's all kinds of good benefits. Just Put in the work. If you burn more calories than you take in, you will lose weight. It's impossible not to. Uh, so, uh, man, I, and I don't say that as like a shaming thing. I'm just being like, come on, bros, we, we can do that. Let, let's do that. That'll be a good protector thing. It is a way that we love our wives with our bodies because they do care. Um, and uh, just like you care about how your spouse lives, that's how we love our, that's one way that we love our spouses. And so uh, I think that would really, really uh, help you carry more uh, easier concealed, right? So I, I even hate saying that because I'm like, man, I'm a jerk. I'm like, no, that that's true. Mm-hmm. And no one else is saying the true thing. And it's do it because I care, uh, not to lord anything over or folks. But um, no, I, I, actually, I think it's a great point because one of the things for being a protector, I need to be around. Yeah. If I'm living unhealthy, my blood pressure's high, cholesterol's high, those kind of things, if I'm not here to protect my family, then what am I doing? Yeah. So being healthy, I think that, I mean, and you said it in a good way, we're encouraging each of us to, to just be better. Yeah. Look, look, draw stroke. Draw stroke is harder if you got a belly. Mm-hmm. I mean, because you got to navigate past your belly to get to the grip of your gun. So, yeah. I mean, yep. that's something I got to deal with is I'm trying to lose, I'm trying to bring in fewer calories, yeah. John, as per your advice. Good man. Uh, so another thing about draw stroke, when you have a gut it'll and you carry appendix specifically, or even three or four o'clock, you got muffin top right there. It tilts your gun in. And so when you holster and when you pull out, your gun is actually kicked in toward your organs. Yeah whether it's three o'clock, four o'clock or appendix. And so imagine your appendix pushing that gun out. Now you have to point your gun into your pelvis when you holster. And when I, I don't, mine points straight down and slightly off to the right. I'm good to go. John's a washboard. Yeah. So guys, I've seen John load his holster. He's, he's flat. And so his gun sits flat. I have to use those wedges in order to not do the exact same thing on my holster. So they have the foam wedges, but if I don't, it does that for me. And that's don't so like it. I'm, I'm a middle-aged man now. I'm not a young man anymore. My metabolism has slowed down, and I find myself more than uh, more than I had to in my 30s. I have to really watch what I eat. I can't do late-night snacking, and now I've stopped. Uh, I've really stopped eating breakfast as well. Now people are going to excoriate me in the comments. I'm like, don't do that. That's most important. Hey, I'm doing my thing. I'm just going to give it a go, and if it doesn't work out, then I'll, I'll revert back. So I'm just I'm trying it out, and you can't stop me. Uh, some people are like, yay, intermittent fasting. And so I'm like, I'm just skipping breakfast. The yeah. first thing I eat now is at lunchtime. But I'm like, I got a little bit more on the love handles back here. And I was looking at myself in the mirror and I'm like, breakfast. I need to, <laughs> I need to drop that off a little bit of like, <laughs> I've had too many cookies late at night. And so I'm like, ah, oh. 
I wish my metabolism would just carry the day, but she no, can't. I've got to actually be disciplined. No, yeah. I got to work out something. Mm-hmm. I got to watch what I eat. And so it's annoying. I, I want to just, I want the cookie. <laughs> I want, the, I want the cookie. It's that simple. I want That's the, the quote from the episode. I want the cookie. I, want the cookie. <laughs> I like it. All right, let's continue on. Uh, David has a question about public being in public without a firearm. Um, what are your thoughts regarding going somewhere that doesn't allow firearms, either through laws or the establishment's policy? His big thing is he likes to hike and camp and those kind of things, and a lot of time on federal land, you're not allowed to carry a firearm. What are your thoughts, and then what do you do as a backup if you're not carrying a, uh, a gun? So federal land is actually owned by the people, just like the government is supposed to be owned by the people. And the Second Amendment, our presiding document, says the government shall make no law that infringes upon the Constitution. Uh, I'm also a sacred protector called to protect the innocent. And uh, I know that um, 95% of all active killer events happen in gun-free zones. And so there's some just raw data points for you to make a good decision. But I'll just say, I'm ready to protect life. That's all you get. Okay. Yep. That's a good answer. Uh, Next question. Okay, this comes from Adam. Adam, this is a follow-up to our home defense uh, episode. So in it, you talked about having, you know, commands for your kids so they know to get down and and say those kind of things so that they can respond. His question is, they have a a child that's special needs. Mm -hmm. So what do you do in the event that even in your situation, if the boys don't hear you or something like that, what kind of things can you do to protect someone who can't respond quickly to the instructions? One is an alarm is a a real good command, uh, you know, of like the alarm system itself going Mm -hmm. off late at night. That should be, you don't have to go communicate with them. Alarm goes and they do their hiding thing. And you can run little fire drills. And I don't know what kind of special needs that person has. Maybe it's autism and, and the ki- the stick doesn't work, and so you bait them in with a carrot, and so it goes off. You know, you set it off as like a, 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 a drill or something, and maybe they don't like sounds, and so they're supposed to do, so, you know, figure it out. Uh, you know, you have your, um, you know, some earmuffs for them. I, mm-hmm. I don't know enough about their situation. Okay. So I'm just saying that's a placeholder for whatever objection you can think. Try to outsmart it, and then you give them something awesome. When they do, I'm like, yeah, that was fun. Way to go. Here's... The treat that you wanted or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so reward and even make it like a game and stuff. And so in that way, maybe train your child so that you can do. And so it's not perfect and clean, but here I am, again, flying blind. I don't know what special needs that is. I'm like, they're a quadriplegic. I'm like, well, I I don't know. I don't know. And so, um, but I, I need more context mm-hmm. here. Um, so it's so. kind of finding the best plan for your situation and then, I hear what you're saying. You've got to practice it. You've got to plan it. You've got to go through it. Yeah, I'm in. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. It sounds like you're going to need to adapt and overcome in a different way if that's your situation. That's it. That, right. that the, the, your shoulders will need to bear extra responsibility in mm-hmm. order to keep your family safe. Yeah. That's what, where my mind is going to. That's it. And it's all, all tactics is, is outsmarting a situation that, that seems hopeless and dire. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, just outsmart it. Mm-hmm. And so that's the game of tactics. Figure it out. You can do it. Um, yeah. It, it, yeah, like, well, that's challenging. I think you can figure it out. Um, Very good. All right, next question comes from David. David asks, uh, what do you think of the National Guard? For someone who is thinking about making a career out of the military and wants to help the country here uh, in the States, what do you think about joining the National Guard? Uh, When I was in the military, it was a completely different military. Uh, I don't know about this military uh, in that love the military, uh, not sure about its woke commanders. And I certainly want, wouldn't want to make a pledge now to obey them no matter what. Uh, 
So, uh, I mean, yeah. they, they would reject me. I'm like, hey, I'm here to join up. And they're like, will you take this experimental vaccine? I'm like, no. I'm like, well, then you can't join the army. I'm like, see ya, thanks. Uh, and that's just one piece. But then there's going to be all kinds of other stuff where I have an inflexible spine on certain things. Uh, and so knowing that that's my disposition where I will not compromise on certain values, I will not obey that commander who says X, Y, Z. I won't go along uh, with pronouns or whatever else. I will literally call a, a call this lie a lie. I won't play the game anymore. I can't. I'm too upset. It's just not in my Jeremiah-ish bones. And so knowing that about me, it's just going to end in a dishonorable discharge. I, I am sick of being bullied. And so um, I, because I know that's where I sit, I would not be a good fit for the military anymore. They wouldn't want me. Uh, now, that's not to say that you wouldn't be a good fit. And it sounds like this person's already in it. And so it's kind of like if you are able to navigate that stuff and go National Guard, then, right, I don't know what kind of conflict's coming down the pipeline, and I just certainly don't trust our political military leaders. Uh, they're, they're not real military leaders anymore. They're uh, woke politicians ready to do the bidding of global elites who have now absconded. They have taken control over our military uh, and, and to force down a woke ideology that, that I find uh, particularly pernicious. And so uh, I'd get out if, if I were you, but we really need a military as well. And so I'm like, I hope all of y'all don't follow my advice. I like, know, right? Because <laughs> if we don't have good men and women going into the military, yeah. we, are, We're we, are, we are screwed and yeah. we are um, uh, making that timeline go even faster. But I'm jiving with everything you're yeah. saying, man. It's like you're stuck between a rock and a hard place. Yeah. And so if I had a, a like I, I talked to a buddy of mine who's in SF uh, two days ago, and he's in and he's going to stay in and he's called to that. And so he's a good man. I really like him a lot. Mm. And uh, so he's called to that. And so I'm like, all right, well, it sounds like that is a minefield that he's going to have to figure it out, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. and, and we're in our own minefields. Uh, and, and I, you know, somebody could take a holy you know, kind of uh, roar of like, hey, you're on YouTube and blah, 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 and all these other places, and they compromise and they stand for this. I'm like, yeah, that's true, but I'm trying to do something good within something that's broken that hates me. And it's really the same argument yeah. that I'm levying against yeah. the military. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They could throw right back on me for playing ball with bi big tech in a way. And so I'm kind of like, oh, I'm a hypocrite, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I'm like, no, 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 I'm just, this is what I'm called to. And I'm trying to do something good within the bad, mm -hmm. just like they are. And so I want to be careful not to throw stones, uh, recognizing, uh, we've all got our calling and we're all trying to work within a curse to do something good amidst bad. And so I'm kind of like more power to you, to the masses that stay, stay in the military and try to change it from the inside out as best you can, regardless of how hopeless it is. But the individual, I'm like, hey, you should get out of this thing. That looks awful. Uh, no. <laughs> it looks like a rigged deck. And so uh, I don't know. It's just not clean. I don't mm -hmm. know what to tell them. Yeah. I'm sorry, but uh, obey your calling, whatever that is, right? That's it. No, that's great. Well, and this next question comes from Nicholas, and it's kind of along the same lines. Like, what are your thoughts of going into law enforcement? Yeah. Um, I think it's the same answer mm -hmm. that I just gave. Mm -hmm. uh, I think cops, unfortunately, they are absolutely needed and they're very underappreciated. A lot of times they have because there's just this propaganda movement against them. And a lot of people don't really actually 
physically know good cops. There are really good cops. I know a ton of very good men and women who are cops. They're good people. Uh, and then there's a lot of dirt bags around them with a bunch of weak, woke leadership around them that'll hang them out to dry. And then there's a bunch of propaganda. And I think there is a elitist movement to destroy local and county law enforcement so that there's a vacuum. It creates crises everywhere. And then the federal government is able to get more federal agents. And so what it's yep. about is, is destroying your uh, trust and your felt need for local and state law enforcement. So it all becomes federal. And therefore the federal, now we have a police state controlled by the federal government. That's the game and you're being played. So don't give up on cops. And if you guys are called to be cops, thank you for doing a thankless, thankless job. Uh, do it well. Do it well, because it'd be easy to be jaded as uh, you see a hostile public turn on you and hate you. And then it's easy to turn and recoil and start to hate them back. You work the baggage claim of humanity. Every time you get called, it's somebody that's pissed you're there. They have done something clearly wrong, but they're being a prick to you. And then it makes it easy to be a prick back. And then it's a thankless job and that you do your job right. And then you become a news story hung out to dry and sued. And it's kind of like, well, I don't want to do that. No, that that's a hard, hard gig. So if you're called to it, do the best you can uh, to the glory of God. And we thank you for it. Uh, but man, it, it's... It's not like being a soldier. Soldiers are still thanked for their service. Cops aren't thanked for your, their service anymore. They're generally hated. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I, I recognize the death knell, the, the seeds of destruction that are sown in that propaganda machine that's designed to make us hate local and state law enforcement. It's just so ironic that they're hated till the second that you need them, right? Yeah. All the people in Hollywood that scream like they're, they're cop hatred, that's right. the second somebody's at their doorstep that they don't want there, who are they calling? They're calling the very thing that they say should be shut down. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, and this next question is goes along the same lines of calling. Uh, this is Cody. He's a pastor, and he's wrestling with what he is supposed to do. Uh, he feels like he's been called to be a pastor. He trains, though. You know, it sounds like he's a good civilian in that he does BJJ. He carries his firearm. He knows medical. Uh, but the question that he has is, am I doing enough? Do I need to pursue uh, military, law enforcement? Do I need to go in that direction? Or Am I good in being a pastor who is still ready to be a civilian protector? And he, he's not sure what to do and where that calling is. But it's almost like the question is, is, is being a pastor less than being a warrior? No, he has the greater service than me. Mm. My job is less important, and his job is more important. I work within the curse, and he works against the curse. Your calling and your service is greater than my military service and my calling, and it's greater than what I'm doing here now. Uh, and so, no, you have the greater calling. If you're called to be a pastor, don't stoop to be a king. Uh, Josh McPherson, uh, hmm. uh, Grace City Church, Wenatchee, uh, told me that. And I'm like, man, that's, that's pretty solid. And so, no, you're doing the greater thing. Uh, you're doing the greater thing. Uh, it's just, yeah, so uh, I, I don't know. If, uh, I'd rather save an immortal soul than a physical body that is temporary. We can do both. Mm -hmm. So have a good security team and shoot and be a good protector and stuff, but you're doing the greater service already. Way to go. Keep it up. Uh, uh, be fully content in your calling uh, because there's no higher calling. All right, for all you guys listening in on podcast, thanks so much for tuning in. We will continue the show, but it's only on watchwpsn.com. 
That's watchwpsn.com. You'll get the rest of this show, as well as all of our other shows, our training classes that help support the movement. We do need your help, and you will be thrilled that you joined us. Watchwpsn.com. I said that way too fast, and it sounded weird, but uh, you guys got it now. Hey, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. That was good. Okay. Shameless plug time. Here we go. I'm taking this off for it because it keeps kind of falling out of my ears. Okay, that's fine.